let's praise him. From age to age, he's the same God. And the splendor of that holy name, that lovely name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we do not come to you as a form, Lord. We come as sons and daughters, petitioning our kind heavenly Father. Lord, that you are the supplier of all our needs according to your riches and glory. And you know our needs this evening, Lord. And so, Father, we just humbly come, pleading the blood of Jesus Christ, asking, Lord, that you will forgive us of any sins. Lord, that we can hold to that old rugged cross. Lord Jesus, we love you, we worship you in spirit and in truth. This evening we ask that you'll take control of the service and speak to us individually, Lord. Pray, God, that you'll bless those that are not able to be here this evening and those that have joined by the way of the Internet. We pray that the Holy Spirit will minister in their room, knowing you're the omnipotent God, omnipresent God, omniscient God. Lord, meet every need, Lord. We are a needy people. So, Father, we commit the service and pray thy will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. And the church of God said, Amen. Amen. Nice to see your shining faces on a Wednesday night. Praise the Lord. I look look forward to preaching tonight. And I don't do that often. I don't do that often. So God bless you. Nice to see you all on this dreary, drismal, wonderful October night. Boy, the Lord gave us that wonderful month, hasn't he? Amen. We've been rejoicing in it. We take everything as from the Lord. We take, and we take that on as a blessing for us. God bless you. Well, uh, Brother Murphy's home. He's up in his eagle's nest. Let's greet him and welcome him home. Amen. We love Brother Murphy deeply. I do. And I know most of you, most all of you do. And we're just happy to have him home. We feel like something's missing. I always feel that way. Uh, we're going to have something very special on Sunday. Brother Biscoe will be ministering Sunday morning. And I know we're all be looking forward to that. And I've asked Brother Tim to take the evening service. And I'm going to slip away to Seattle. I've been promising him for months to come down. And it just seems like just... You know, unable, and now uh, I'm able. So by God's grace, we're going to go down Sunday evening if nothing doesn't change. So be praying for us for Sunday. We're going to have a blessed day in the presence of Almighty God. Well, if your Bible's with you, I'd like you to turn to a number of Scripture. Of course, uh, I can say this as part to what? 554. <laughs> the brothers are already giving me a bad time. So I sort of hope the brothers that do this don't hear me and feel any any badness. I, I, I just it's just that as we often say, it's a Roman candle, right? Once it starts blowing off, it just keeps going, 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 going. So you start one place, it's part one, it's two, it's ten, it's twenty. So I guess after forty three years, preach how many average it out fifty some, sixty some times a year. Well, we got twenty four hundred part twenty four hundred and fifty four. Aren't you? So thrilled to be a son and daughter of God. Amen. I am. The longer that this goes on, 
the more amazing the power of the blood becomes to me. To see how that God can keep the redeemed of God. Sheltered under the arms and the wings of the Almighty. It's amazing. It really is amazing to see our young people held. And our, 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 our young couples kept. And our babies healthy. And the elders strong. Right, Brother Ellen? Amen. Brother Frank? I, I, I got a bone to pick with those two. I do. I do. I find out that they go for coffee every, every, every morning somewhere. So one day, last week, I think it was, I went down and I said, you know, I'm going to sneak in and, and have coffee with the, the brothers. And, uh, the brothers weren't there. <laughs> and so I thought, well, you know, God's in everything. You know, this, they that are the sons of God. Yeah, I'm getting to that place in my life anyway. They that are the sons, I said, okay, they're not here, but who's supposed to be here? Who am I going to meet? And I just going to my car with my little coffee, and there comes Brother Mark Matul, and I said, praise God. God's got you here. Isn't that the way we're supposed to approach things? And so then, you know, so thinking that I blew it this last week, I thought, well, you know, the brothers go down there for their coffee. So I go down there again. And no Ellen, no Frank, no nobody. Then I look around the corner and there's faithful brother Larry Laycock. (laughs) There's always a reason. And did we have good fellowship, brother Larry? We've had good fellowship that we haven't had for years. And it was a great privilege and honor. And I deem it a great honor to be able to address you and minister to you this evening. And I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna preach on a little bit of a subject and carry on. We talked about how that we've been, hear ye the word of the Lord. And last Sunday, then the main subject was empower. God empowers us through His word. So I'd like to speak on the power of eternal life. The power of eternal life. So if you wouldn't mind turning to Philippians chapter four. I thought Brother John Andes preached, preached a masterpiece Sunday night. So you keep on preaching like that, I can retire. Thank you, Hugh. <laughs> he wants me to retire. <laughs> it's okay. I won't hold that against you. There's sometimes you just don't say amen, you know? <laughs> that was one of them. <laughs> oh, aren't you happy to be a part of a family of God? Amen. Have these times that we can be together and enjoy one another in the presence of the Lord. Sister Leonard, always a joy to have you. Nice to have you here. Maybe uh, Jenny will keep you for longer than you think. <laughs> huh? Are you, Jenny? Are you going to keep her longer? I know. Okay. I thought that last suit you bought last week. Okay. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Could we read it together, please? I can do all things through Christ. How many of us know this scripture? We know this scripture. We have heard preachers preach on this scripture. We could say it off by heart. I'd like you to read it one more time. I can do all things. Amen. So there has to be another power than yourself. Because whatever you had, you couldn't do nothing. 
But then God came into your life and there became another power called the dunamis or the dynamite. So we've got the energia, we got the dunamis, we've got the power. And it's not in ourselves, it's in him. Let's pray. Father, we've read your word. Lord, it's enough to preach, as your prophet said, months and months and months. So, Father God, I just pray that you will take the word, break it to us, feed our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may have your seats. I always like to look at a cross-section of different translations when I take a look at a scripture. I like to look at the Greek. I like to, to see what the commentaries commentarers say. And I don't look at anything past 1906. I actually, I'm very nervous when after Pentecost comes. Because everything was just going every which way. Prophets got the definitive. But under the man anointing, you got some commentaries that they might not have their doctrine right, but we've got the word to put it right. So there there are things, Brother Bram said, now his message was to tie up the loose ends. So the, the uh, various comments that are made aren't comments that are necessarily wrong, but they have to come in line with the word. We're all right with that? So if you take a look, if you follow me along, I'll break it down. Uh, Philippians 4 and 13. I have power, or I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers. So that's what we took last week. He empowers us. I can do all things through I can do all things through Christ, or I have strength or power for all things in Christ who empowers me. Okay? I am ready for anything and equal to anything. It's Wednesday. Okay, it's Wednesday. So we just don't have to rush through it. We can take it, take our time and take a look at the word. I am ready because the Bible's written to you personally. And so now this is a love letter to you. And Paul is now writing to the Philippians. And he's saying, I am ready for anything. And if anybody can say, I'm ready for anything, it has to be the elected lady in this hour. Who would believe that the anything is crazy? So, Paul is writing under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, saying to you, I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses or who gives us the power or the inner strength. And I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Mouthful. If we caught just that, we could just worship him. It's just marvelous. So, so, so you, you mind if we just take a little bit slower tonight? Take a little bit slower. You say, well, I think I got it the first time. Nah, I don't think so. I, I think we heard it as we've been hearing the sound. But Lord, make it become revelation in the inner man. So because then we would never, ever have a problem. Oh, we might have problems, but we have the ability to deal with the problem. Everybody on that page? 
So then you're ready for anything. Any sickness comes in your home, you're ready. Any demon that tries to upset your home, you're ready. Everybody with me? So now if we count ourselves as a believer, which we must, that's why we're here. We believe the word of God is yea and amen. So now Paul is writing to the Philippians, which indeed is writing to you and I, saying, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. Empowers me. Who empowers me. And I'm ready. Now, I I thought that that was a tremendous way that they put it. I am ready for anything. Nobody was backing down from the devil. Everybody was going forward in the word. They didn't have 1,100 or 1,200 tapes. They were passing around the letter and they probably didn't even have their own personal handwritten letter, Brother Ernie, to the Philippians. But somebody had to speak the word. Somebody had to believe the word. And by taking the word, becoming the word, they could meet any trial. So how do you, how do you conquer the devil? By taking God at his word. I am equal to anything. Through him. Who's him? Christ. Who's Christ? He's the almighty God. So I can do anything through Christ. Through my Jesus. Who infuses. So God is absolutely infusing himself in your inner man. What did we say? When omnipotence, the energy of God, the omnipotence of God is now energizing you. How do you think in this wicked, wicked, wicked time? Listen, we're, we're in going into Halloween. Okay? You are looking at literal demons. And I got to figure it out. Halloween isn't today. It's all year. They got their walking deads. They got people that are just, just so given over to that afterlife. Satan is preparing them for that dimension. But I'm saying this evening, Jesus, mighty God, is preparing you for that next translation. So as we see hell being pressed into this dimension, we see heaven coming down. And we praise God for it. So then, there's an infusing of his power, and I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. So Paul was very clear in saying, it wasn't your smartness. It wasn't me being able to put it all together. He was the Pharisee of the Pharisees, of the tribe of Benjamin, and he said, I count it as dung. And yet men rise up, and they take this message, and they think there's something. We wouldn't have a thing to preach outside of this message if Malachi 4 wouldn't have come. So all by the grace of God, Brother Tim makes the expression, the, the ministry's duty or the ministry's The ministry's part is trying to yield a little bit to the Holy Spirit so that he can meet the need for the moment. Because everything you need is in this message. Christ is our sufficiency. This message is Christ. And this message is your sufficiency. Can I hear amen? Amen. It's true. It's just true. Colossians chapter 1. 
Colossians chapter 1. We're going to do a little bit of Bible reading tonight. It's good to read our Bibles. Colossians chapter 1. Bible says, whereunto I also labor, striving according to the working which worketh in me, or to that empowerment within me, which is the energizing Jesus Christ. There is an energy that comes through being born again. So we say, well, Brother Tom... I believe the message. The only way that you could believe this message is being born again. Ooh, that that just, I just took a couple of steps back. Just took a couple of steps back for you. We say, Brother Tom, I believe the message. If you believe the message, you're born again. Because no man can see the kingdom of God until he's first born again. You might know the message. But to see the message, see the revelation of the message, I'm sorry, you must be born again. You're with me so far. Promises, promises, promises. That's all you heard in the local areas in British Columbia because we just had an election. Election promises. Huh? There, I'll just, I just wrote this down, so I'll just follow me along, because this is not a main point. This is just some foundation stuff. Okay? There have been a myriad of people who have run for offices, whether they be older people, persons. I don't even know what the correct, word is anymore. Alder man, alder woman, alder it. Alter it? I don't know. Uh, There's mayors, there's MLAs, there's MPs, there's premiers, there's prime ministers, and everybody's got an election promise. Every one of them. They even got signs up declaring what they promise the people. But I guess as you get as old as I am, you've heard just about everything. Every kind of promise and every promise that's made is broken. And that's what's so ridiculous. People stand up and they tout what they're going to do. And you're looking at them and going, impossible. You'll bankrupt the country. There's no way you can do that. They promise everything. But what they do, they end up, because as I get older, I've heard the same thing year after year. Year after year. Maybe this year will be different, you're hoping. Nope. Just empty, broken promises. There's nothing that's empowering them to perform to their promise. Nothing. It's just empty words. You're listening. So you can come to a conclusion. They're just saying these things to get elected. 
Somehow they're hoping that whatever they're propagating is going to get them elected. You know they're lying to you. They're lying to you. And they know they're lying to you. They promise you the moon and they don't even give you any moon dust. They promise you this, they promise you that, but they end up with broken promises. And the real problem of this is society is getting used to it. Okay? They're getting used to liars. A little lie here. Boy, we're really listening real good tonight. That's good. A little lie there. Oh, and the Bible says all liars have their place in the lake of fire. Say, wow, you're heavy. So when isn't it a lie? Hmm? When isn't it a lie? The only time that it's not a lie, it's when it's true. Revelation 21 and 8 says, But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, the idolaters. But it was just a white lie. What is, can anybody tell me what a white lie is? And give me the full definition of it, please. I need to know it. Is a lie a lie? White, gray, purple, black, green. Now, now think about it. Think about how an age has so been accustomed to be lied to. Well, since you said I could take my time tonight, I have an article. This is just one simple little article. It, it doesn't take anybody hard to find how society views lying. They expect it. They say that to lie is a condition now of life. Man, if I told a lie to my mom and dad, if I told a lie to my dad, I'd pick myself off the floor. They did this study between 18 and 71. They kept diaries over the course of the week. Most people found at least they lied once to twice a day. Full out lie. Somebody's conscience is being seared. Somebody doesn't have some energy. Empowerment. They are being dictated by the prince of the air. Boy, some of you are looking at me very seriously. I haven't even finished yet. They said most people lie at least once or twice a day. 
almost as often as they snack or brush their teeth. That was one conclusion of a study. Both men and women lie approximately a fifth of their social exchanges lasting 10 or more minutes. So you're not telling a lie just by a statement. You are walking alive for 10 minutes. Shall we close our Bibles and all come to the altar? No, not to a believer. Over the course of a week, they deceive about 30% of those whom interact with them one-on-one. This is, this is not us doing the study. This is the University of Virginia, if you just want to take a look. I mean, there's a many, 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 many studies. I don't have time for it, but just enough to give you a sampling of it. Furthermore, some types of relationships, such as those between parents and teens, are a virtual magnet for deception. College students lie to their mothers in one out of two conversations. That's 50% of the time. And I always thought I was pulling the wool over my parents' eyes. And then I became a parent And I thought how crazy I was thinking that they didn't know. But now they do it all statistically. College students lie to their mothers in one out of two conversations. Incidentally, when researchers refer to lying, they don't include the mindless pleasantries of polite eloquations we offer each Other in passing, I'm fine, thanks, no trouble at all. We know those are all lies. (laughs) They didn't count those. They didn't count those at all. So complimenting an official lie. It's crazy that I even have to tell you what a lie is all about. An official lie misleads. Why are you telling a lie? Because you want to mislead them. And that's why truth had to come to lead us. A truth had to come to empower us. Strengthen us in a lying culture. Don't let it spill over on us. Tell the truth. Don't guile. That's misleading. That's half-truth. I'm not even going to ask who's a student here. But I was once. And it exposed me, but I wasn't saved. So anyway, they didn't actually count saying, I'm fine, not trouble at all. But an official lie actually misleads uh, deliberately to convey a false impression. That's what a lie is. So, here's a good one for us. 
So complimenting a friend's awful haircut is a lie. That's why my wife is so brutally honest. Every time I have a terrible haircut, I walk through the door. I know the Yerman Thummim is going to tell me. She's going to say, that is the worst haircut I've ever seen. She tells the truth. So they count even saying, hey, that's a great hairdo as being, if it's not, you might as well tell them. We would have a brutally honest assembly. How do I look? Mm. I heard Brother Tom's message on Wednesday night. <laughs> mm. We'll just leave it there. The researcher points out most of us receive conflicting messages about lying. Although we're socialized from the time we speak to believe that it's always better to tell a lie. In reality, society often encourages and even rewards lying. Let me give you an example. You show up late for work. I'm looking at nobody. If you said to your boss, you slept in, you get reprimanded. But that's what happened. But if you say, I was stuck in traffic, okay, that's okay. We understand. And now society is breeding liars. Because that's what Satan is. That's what he is. And he's now created in Satan's Eden, an Eden of liars. But God, rich in mercy, changed a nature within the believer. And when you say even something that's maybe a little bit off, there's something goes ding, 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 ding. Is that not true? You, and then you say, mm, you bite it. It's like I told you when I go out for lunch. Honey, what did you have? I, I just had a salad. True. And what else? Right? So the, the, this, this, it's not that you're going to tell a lie, but it's, it's just like, well, why are you putting on weight when you said you're dieting? We must and we want to tell the truth. Say, well, Brother Tom, it's a Wednesday night. Well, we can get down to just some home cooking and mulligan stew and put some meat on your bones. Yes, society actually strengthens and encourages and rewards liars. When they know indeed you are, they'll accept your lie over the truth. Lying, they say, is an integral, it's integral to many occupations. It's integral. 
And if I start listing them off, nobody would ever admit they'd ever want to be a lawyer. They misrepresent, and their head one here, and this is just, this is before I think Trump came in. They said the most that are, that leanness and are far-fetched and theories on behalf are reporters misrepresenting themselves to gain access to a good story. And that is the society in which you are rubbing shoulders with every day. I'd rather rub shoulders with truth. What is truth? Jesus Christ is truth. The word is truth. And his people walk in truth. That truth is actually empowering and liberating. You find a person that's a habitual liar. There's a cloud over them. But you find somebody that's open and truthful. They're bright. Can I give you an example? Honey, how much did you spend when you went shopping? Well. If she spent nothing, nothing. If she spent something, well. It just happens to be, well, I had to buy a little of this, a little of that, a little of this, I bought this. It, it gets down to every area. You might as well just be open, tell the truth, and give God the glory. Mm-hmm. What did you get on your exam? I passed, Dad. What, what percentage did you get? Well, you know, as soon as you put a well in a statement, <laughs> you're getting on thin ice. Get the wells out. Just tell the truth. I remember I came home with my first D. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that didn't go over big either, Brother Frank. My My uncle is the head mechanical engineer for Jet Propulsion Limited, which is for NASA, who put the space Mars space probe on the Mars. That was my... His friends designed the SR-71. And I had to go down that summer to be with my uncle. And he's asking me, how was your report card? <laughs> that was not a good summer. My cousin, who only got a B, was going to summer school because he got a B and not an A. Not even pressure parents put on people. And here I got a D. But the next year I got an A. I got a lot of encouragement. <laughs> Lying is a nature. We are born in sin. Brother Bram said, we shaped in iniquity. We come into the world, What? Did anybody here get taught how to lie? No, not one of us. So it's a nature. A nature. So then if you get a nature change, that leaves. And another life comes in, empowers you, and drives out the lies in your lives. And I heard a hearty, amen. Amen. David writes in Psalms 58 and 3, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray, and as soon as they're born, 
They're speaking lies. But let me just say that there's Paul writes to Timothy 1 and 15 says, But this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Can I say save liars? Christ came into the world to save liars. Save sinners. Can you rejoice in it? Why? Truth prevails. Truth Drives out lies. Truth will keep marching on. Second Corinthians, if you want to turn with me, we can turn to Second Corinthians 1 and 20. We've got a lot, a lot of go, but let's just keep on plodding away here. Second Corinthians 1 and 20. Can we read it all out, class? Can we read it really out loud? For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. For all the promises of God are yea, of God in him are yea. So then we can say that the promises of God are irrevocable and dependable. Is that true? There's not a lie to them. It's all truth. God's word is true. We have that. For Jesus said in John 14 and 6, Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth. And the life, and no man come unto the Father but by me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. When you get Christ, truth rules. And the balcony said, Amen. Truth rules. Truth reigns. So then, only way that you can get to that point... Is John 3 and 3 where Jesus said and answered and said verily verily I say unto thee except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him how can a man be born when he is old can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born and Jesus answered verily verily I say unto thee except a man be born again born of the water and of the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. But that which is born of capital S, spirit, is what? Spirit. That's born of the spirit, is spirit. So then if we're born again by the spirit, then he is the way, the truth, and the life. And that way is in us, that truth is in us, and that life is in us. Can you say amen? That is the power of eternal life. It puts a lie under your feet. You say, well, that's just one little area. Liars go to hell. That's not a little area. Whoremongers, that's a big area. I guess we be a whoremonger. Adulterers, fornicators. But liars have slipped right in there. Say, well, it's not such a big, big deal. It is a big deal. 
Because that's what the devil is. He's a liar. And the truth can't be found in him. But when you're born again, you have the way, you have the truth, and you have what? The life. And it's the life behind the name that makes the demons tremble. Are you still with me? So then if you've got the way, the truth, and the life in you, then if any man is a new creature, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature. He's a new creature. All things pass away. All things pass away. Can you say that? Old things pass away. Old ways pass away. All lies pass away. All nature passes away. All guile goes away. Why? Because you got the way, the life and the truth in you. Well, we want the very deep things of God. This is deep. Don't you forget it. Because what I see a lot of times are people telling half-truths. Have statements and can't look to in your eye. We've got the way. We've got the truth. We've got the life. And then we can see him what face to face. When that which is perfect has come. That which is in part is done away. And we can see in the glass darkly. But now we see him face to face. You don't have to turn away. You can look right at him. Say, Lord, your truth. You've empowered me to be truth. And it's truth, Michael, is marching on. Andrew, it's marching on in a people. Where here's another promise of truth. Second Peter 1 and 4 says, whereby are given unto us exceeding. Great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Promises. Promises are irrevocable. They're irrevocable. When God makes a promise, it's a promise, it's a promise, it's a promise. You say, well, how many promises have we got in the Bible? Brother Ernie, you probably have written it down 15 different times every time I preached. Because I looked at one commentator, says we've got 3,423. Another commentator says we've got 5,467. Another commentator says we've got 1,260. Whatever they are, it's a lot. Whatever it is, there's promises laying in the Bible for you and me. Amen. And these are precious promises. Somebody preached not too long ago, so I wrote it down. It was in my mind. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. That is irre... How do you say it? Irrevocable? It can't change. So if God had an expected end, Brother Derek, for you, the moment you got saved, God's got an expected end, and there's nothing going to stop you from that promise. It's irrevocable, unchangeable. 
promise. It's unto you and to your children and to your children's children. Is that a promise? Irrevocable. Unchangeable. I don't care what Satan throws in our face. I do not care what Satan throws in our face. He is a liar. God's word is true. Listen, he will arrange circumstance to make it look so impossible that you start to believe it's impossible. But your Bible said all things are possible. Is that amen? I don't care where your child's at. I don't care where your family's at. I don't care, saints. If you got faith to believe for your salvation, do you have faith to believe for your salvation? Brother Ram said, if you got faith to believe for your salvation, you got faith to believe for your healing, you got faith to believe for your family. That is not a lie, that is truth. Glory. Isaiah 40, if you want to turn, can be much longer. I got, well, like I said, we can just go on to the next, next, next. It doesn't matter, does it? We just want God to come in and speak to us from his word and deal with our lives and move in our hearts and in the assembly. That's what we're desires. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. Because we're looking at truth. We're looking at truth. We're looking at the word of God. He giveth power to the faint. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the faint say, Oh, Brother Tom, I feel very tired tonight. That means you're faithful. Not faithful, faithful. But being here, you're faithful. So by being faithful, your faithful is going to be strengthful. Let the weak say, I am. Let the faint say, (laughs) Bible. He has given power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases strength. Maybe somebody wants to pen that down and put that in your pocket and read that tomorrow. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and what? Not be weary. They shall walk and not? Amen. That's a promise. You say, well, I'm a little bit faintful, Brother Tom. Then just wait on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew. They shall mount up as eagles. We know the song. That's scripture. Scripture. Scripture is truth. 
irrevocable, unchangeable truth. For saving some times. Saving time, friends. I won't go into Romans 8, 35 to 39. You can do that on your own. Who could separate us from the love of God? Nothing. Truth. Paul's writing truth there. Proverbs 1 and 33. But whosoever hearken unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. Truth. Truth. Truth is power. I am the truth. The way. I am the life. Sinner, what's the reason for your needless then delay? Truth. Heaven to gain for believer. Truth. Hell to gain for the unbeliever. Can I give you an example? All right. Brother Bram says, God perfecting his church. I trust that God will grant you, my friends, maybe not the courage to come. I'm, I'm not a persuader. The only thing I can do if the Holy Spirit can get you to move, my efforts are too poor to do it. See, when the Father has struck at your heart, just think, what if God wouldn't call? There are people in this world that will never be never receive the call. That'll never come. Many said, Jude said, these men of old was foreordained to this condemnation. And to think that God in his goodness tonight, Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father draw him first. And all that come will receive everlasting life. Is that true? Who has found it true? I have found it true. And God is good enough to knock at your heart tonight. Would you be foul enough to refuse him? Say, I don't want to go. He said, that's a very dangerous thing. He said, oh, people. There's people in eternity tonight out in hell screaming. If we could walk and pull open the gate like this and let you look down there. I would never have to make an altar call. They'd be screaming, climbing over one another for an opportunity. But they've passed beyond the veil and beyond mercy now. It's too far. They can never be redeemed. They've gone forever. They will never, never be redeemed. They had the same opportunity as you had. Can you imagine? This is truth speaking. 
This is truth speaking. They had the same opportunity you have. You wouldn't want to take their place tonight, would you? So why not take the place at the right hand of Christ to set with him in heavenly places with the saints and the redeemed of the age to live in blessedness forever? Why wouldn't you? The truth of this matter is that you were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. Don't you love truth? Satan can't bind you no more because you were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. And once you've been chosen, Satan can't take you. Truth. Everybody got that? True. He's chosen you. Listen, and you hath he quickened. In Ephesians 2 and 1 says, hath he quickened who were dead in your trespasses and sins. Where in times past you did walk according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. And you lied to everybody. I was, and I have to admit it, a habitual liar. I lived a lie. But then when truth came, lying left, <laughs> and now there's another reflection. You had the quickened. Praise the Lord for that quickening. Who once you walked according to the course of this world and the prince of the power of the air, the spirit now that worked in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past. You couldn't, if you told a lie, the guy across the table told a bigger one. And it was a lying contest. <laughs> For some of us, it's so far back, we'd like to forget that. But the truth of the matter is, it's still there. Not in us, but out there. So now the whole world is lying. Don't ever read a newspaper and think you're reading truth. Can I say that one again? CNN, NBC, CBC, ECBN. What you're getting is a flavor. Somehow you got to divide it by 54, subtract 15, I mean, and it's unbelievable. But the only way that you can have truth is through the word. So in the morning, I, I got to catch myself. You know, I got to say, is the world falling apart? Well, I know it's falling apart. So I, I better read the, the good news. Amen. Are you still with me? Amen. Have you let lying go? Amen. Amen. Oh, I'm so glad that lying spirit's gone. It so chains you down, so fetters you down. It works its way in and you just need to chop its head. It'll destroy your home. It will destroy your relationship. It will destroy your children. Because God can't bless a lie. He only blesses truth. And so God sent a message where the angel of the Lord stood by him. 
And he said, if I have spoken the truth, he'll come and confirm his word. Did he? Not hundreds of times, not thousands of times, thousands upon thousands of times. And we should be able to rejoice in that. Amen. So God chose us in Him before the foundation of the world and took that out of us. Literally ripped it out. Killed that thing. And truth is marching on. Because why, Sister Helen? You never chose Him. Your Bible says in John 15 and 16, you have not chosen me. Oh, I love this, Sister Helen. I know she... Listen, you want to get a blessing, get around Sister Helen. I don't care if she's in a hospital bed or anywhere. She's going to... You think you're going to bless her? She's going to bless you. You have not chosen me. But I have chosen you. I have ordained you. That's getting really strong. That you shall go forth and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit shall remain and whatsoever. Now here we go. Because now we're trying to bring you into the life of truth. Whatsoever you ask. In my father's name. He may give it you. Truth. Amplified says you have not chosen me. I've chosen you. I've appointed. I've placed you and purposely planted you. So that you will grow and bear fruit. And you will keep bearing fruit. And your fruit is going to remain. Not like the fall where you see a bunch of rotten apples still on a tree. Your fruit is never going to rot. Why? Because now the fruit of the Spirit's eternal. And your fruit shall remain. And whatsoever you ask of my Father in my name, he may give it to you. John 10 and 27 and 28, 29. My sheep. And what have we been speaking on? Hear ye the word of the Lord. My sheep. Hear my voice. Truth. I know them and they follow me. So like Brother Brown said, you aren't a dog chain or a pig changed to a lamb. You always were a lamb. Mm-hmm. He said it didn't scrub you up and make you pretty. You always were a lamb. You just needed a nature change. You say, how can that happen? It's who you hung around with. I was out in Saskatchewan preaching probably 30 years ago. And I, we're after church, we're at the little farmhouse, and this little young man, he must have been about 10 years old, he was so, he was just a shiny dollar, face is just bright as a dollar, any dollar coin, that is, bills don't, coin, not a, not a loony either, I guess it has to be American, because they're, they're real silver, I think, or no, they're not silver anymore, anyway, shiny, and he goes, uh, Brother Tom, you're talking about nature and pigs and things, I said, yeah, he says, you know I got a pet lamb? I go, no, I, I didn't know that. How would I know that? But he was so happy he had a pet lamb. People have pet dogs, hamsters. He said, I got a lamb. I go, he says, I think you might like this. And now a 10-year-old boy's preaching to me. 
He says, I think you might like this. I says, well, what, what is it? He says, you know, I, he says, of course, we're on a farm, and that's why I have a lamb as my pet. He says, but whenever my lamb gets around the pig, he acts like a pig. Huh? So we were always lambs. We just grew up in a world of pigs. But then the great shepherd came. And my sheep hear my voice. And a stranger they shall not follow. You weren't a pig changed to a lamb. You always were a lamb. But you acted like it because that's what you were around. You know, I love it, eh? Ten-year-old boy preaching to the old preacher. Thought he was somebody at 30 years old. I said, that's very good. I said, I'll use that. Not knowing 30 years down the road, I'd be preaching it tonight. Isn't that marvelous? He says, you wouldn't believe it. I've washed that lamp so many times. I know, you know, how many times you'd come to Bible? I mean, I count how many times that I come to Bible Wake. Brother Kendrick dragged me, Linda dragged me. I sort of get washed up, but I get around the pigs again. But then, one day, one day, God gave me a receiving set. Open my ears to hear the great shepherd. And saints, I don't have to come to church to get scrubbed up. I'm already scrubbed up. Amen. I'm washed by the water of the word. I'm cleansed. And by the grace of God, serving the Lord Jesus with all my heart. And so are you. So are you. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. Why? Because he chose you. In him. Before the foundation of the world. So now John is saying, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. And they follow me. I give unto them Eternal life. And they will never perish. We're going to close on that. I want you to rejoice. I will never perish. Can the balcony say amen, brother Larry? Think about it. When the word came by your way, he, you, all you were doing now was recognizing who you were. The shepherd was calling, finding out you were a sheep. You said, bah. And you followed the shepherd. And now the shepherd said, my sheep hear my voice. A stranger they won't follow. I give them eternal life. And not one of my sheep will perish. You're not going to be a rack of lamb to the devil. And I love rack of lamb. But no, the devil can never have you. This is the power of eternal life. I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. And I love it. And we've all quoted it. And we all know it. And no man. No church. No group of people, no devil, no man will pluck you from my hand. Amen. The devil can't have you. You are God's. And he goes on to say this. He mentions it twice. 
Never shall any man pluck you out of my hand. My father, which gave them me, is greater than all. Here's your second time. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Are you so thankful for power of eternal life? It takes the lies away. When Satan now comes by your way. And he starts just by, just like he did Eve, just a little thought, a little thought. If you listen to him once, you're in trouble. What do you need to do is that Jesus did. Brother Brown said he did not use his power. He only used the word. Get behind me. That's what we need to do tonight. Those that are born again by the blood of the lamb have every redemptive blessing in store for them. Can you say amen? It's a promise, it's irrevocable, Darren, and it's unchangeable. If you are a Christian, every redemptive blessing is yours. Truth. You might as well stand up and rejoice. You might as well just say, that is nothing but the truth. I claim that redemptive blessing because that is true. Satan, you can't have one of mine. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. You are a liar. And the truth can't be found in you. And the power of eternal life is now living in me. Amen. Because the bride and the bridegroom are one. Can you say amen? Are you believing for somebody right now? Put them on your lips. Speak it out. Say, I claim John. I claim George. I claim Mary. I claim them. I claim them, Lord Jesus. Musicians, come. I claim them. In the name of Jesus, I claim them. That's nothing but the truth. Every redemptive blessing of God belongs to you. Truth. It's your personal property. Truth. Hallelujah. And the prophet comes around and says, Now you, speaking to you, bride, you have a right to claim it. Brother Jerry, I'd be screaming out right now. I'd be calling on God. i say, God, I need you. We need God to move in this church, saints of God. We need God to move in the people's lives, awakening them to the reality of the truth of this message. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If he passes by your way, if you were blind Bartimaeus right now, you would scream out to the son of David and you would call on his name. A lot louder than we're doing now, but that's fine. Let God hear your faith tonight. Your prophet spoke the truth. And he said, every Christian has every redemptive blessing of God. It belongs to you. It's your property, and you have a right to claim it. I claim the blood, Ben. Brother Ben, play it. I claim the blood. I claim the truth of it. I'm not going to go on the emotion of it. I'm going to go on faith of it. 
I ain't going to stand as a son of God if my prophet said, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that God is living in me. Truth is in me. It's irrevocable. It's unchangeable. Hallelujah. And Satan, we rebuke you in Jesus' name. Not that we have any authority as we are saying, but we've been given authority by God himself, the King of glory, the great I am, the Alpha and Omega. Hallelujah. Do you claim it tonight? Do you claim it tonight? This is Wednesday. God doesn't know days. He's eternal. This could be Sunday morning. This could be Saturday afternoon. Who knows? But God is amongst his people. And he's been moving amongst his people. And saints of God, don't be looking around. You be praying around. You be holding on God. Believing for somebody by you. Oh, Spirit of God. The centurion knew what to do. He ran to Jesus. The Syrophoenician woman knew what to do. She ran to Jesus. Why? Because he was the truth. I think we got to start running to Jesus. We start to got to realize who's amongst us. Brother Bram says in one quote here, he says, not just because I, if I'm not in your church, doesn't mean Jesus not in your church. He said, Jesus is in your church tonight. You say, I've stood before. Then you stand again. You claim their souls. You believe for God. We're nearer than we've ever been before. How's your faith doing? May God anoint your faith to a higher level tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. If you are a Christian, he said, you've been foreknown of God, predestinated for this hour, predestinated for a prophet to say, she is him, predestinated to say, she's the final voice of the final age. You've been predestinated to fulfill that part. Brother Branham said in this place, oneness with God, I challenge every devil to a debate. Satan, you're aware that you are whipped. Why don't you just say, Satan, I want you to be aware tonight that I'm a son and daughter of God and you are whipped. Whack him, as Brother Ernie quoted not last time you spoke. I think that's out of God. Greatest battle ever fought. Whack him, whack him, whack him again. Beat that devil down. Take God at his word. Hallelujah. I claim the blood that Jesus shed on death. It wasn't for the blood, saints of God. We would have no authority today.
If you do, if you indeed do feel the presence of the Lord, he said, how many of you feel the presence of the Lord right now? He said, then let every doubt fade from you. You are healed by his stripes. You're healed. It's over. Praise him. Glory. He said, the Holy Spirit's falling all around the building. The great halo of light is circling this place. How wonderful. You say, could that be true, Brother Tom? Prophet said. He said, when I'm not at your church, Christ will still be there the same. Hallelujah. Truth. This is true. Brother Gilbert, if he's circling this building right now, he's coming right over your head right now. Then he screams back. There's a man with a prostrate trouble. Brother, you're healed. Just like that. Why? The light circling the building. I believe in the same God that walked with Malachi 4 is the same God that walks with this bride. He's not a God of history. He's a God of the same yesterday, today, and forever. I claim the blood, Brother Peter. I claim your healing. I rebuke Satan in Jesus' name. Stand as a body as one. We got people that have real needs. And we go get so caught up into our little pettiness. Get out of that pettiness. Lift up a little higher. There's brothers and sisters that need God in their lives. And I claim that blood. And I claim the truth of it. There's power in it. There's power in that blood. Wonder-working power in that blood. There's deliverance in that blood. There's salvation in that blood. Victory is in the blood. Peace is in the blood. Hallelujah. Glory. This is better than Tim Donuts. This is better than McDonald's. This is better than Starbucks. It's better than driving in your car. I love the presence of God. Hallelujah. If God can move amongst us in a very supernatural way, that's what we're believing for. Not just coming in and going out and coming in and going out, but that the Holy Spirit would be pleased. Please to baptize with the Holy Ghost. Fill our young people with the Holy Ghost. Get the sports out of their head and get God in their minds. Hallelujah. That we could get in one mind, one accord. 
Those that don't want to believe, well, they're free to go. But those that want to believe for a supernatural move of God, God confirms His Word. He says, there it is once again, circling the building. It's the presence of Jesus Christ. I claim the blood, oh Jesus. If you're needing a real baptism of God tonight, I can just slip out of your seat, stand in the aisles, come up front, I don't care what you want, and say, Lord, baptize me. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and fire, Lord. Don't let me become a lukewarm layer in the sand, but let the fire of God set my soul. speaking truth. He said, I've taught the people. God is in you. He said, I've taught the people that God is in them and I and them. And now they need to speak to that disease. I've taught the people that God is in them. Now they need to speak to that disease. You speak to your problem. You speak to your mountain. You speak to the Red Sea. You speak to Jordan. You speak. He said, I've taught them. Brother Bram saying, I've taught them. I've taught them that God is in them. And they speak to that disease and say to it, be away from me. Why don't you just say that? Be away from me, devil. Be away from my home. He said, I've taught them that God is in them. This is truth. I've taught this people that God is in them. And if God is in them, they speak to that disease. And they say, be away from me. And then don't doubt. Then right then, that disease will leave you. Truth. Truth. Let truth prevail. 
If you want truth tonight and you've been living a lie and you want that lie to be cast out of here as a young man or a young lady, I want to walk in truth. I want to walk under the banner of the cross. I need Jesus tonight. Yes, young men, you can stick up your hands. I don't care where you are. Remember, as Brother John said, God sees you in a bathroom. He sees you where you're standing right now. He knows what you're thinking right now. Then I say, Spirit of God, move. Spirit of God, move. I think that's the song we sing, isn't it? Spirit of God, move. of this service. Maybe every one of you want to lift up your cup of your soul tonight. Say, Lord, fill my cup, Lord. Fill it up on this Wednesday night, Lord. Fill my cup. Fill it to overflowing. Maybe somebody else wants to just 
come and drink at the fountain. Feed me today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Fill it up, Lord. Lord, I've been so thirsty for so long. It's like I've been in a dry, thirsty land. Quench this thirst.
in their soul others have petitioned you Lord others have called on your name but one thing we know you hear it all Lord as you did that little lady Lord as we preached on the other night I hear you praying Jesus heard your prayers Lord you heard our prayers tonight you heard our cry and for that we give you praise Lord But not only did you hear us, Lord, you're going to answer our prayers. You said, ask and you shall receive. Knock and it shall be open. Seek and you shall find. What promises are these? They're irrevocable. They're unchangeable. Lord, we've been empowered by eternal life. You said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Would you bless your children, Lord? Bless our families. Bless those that couldn't be here tonight that wish they could have been, Lord. Some have to work and some have other duties, Lord. We just pray that the presence of God will be in wherever they are. Whirl around their room, Lord. Let the dove descend and let the glory of God fill their temples. We thank you for this time that we can have on a Wednesday night. Thankful, Lord, that there are people that have a love for the gospel. Just pray, Lord, that you'll kindle the fires within our souls. Moment by moment, fan the fire, Lord. We bless your name. And ask it in Jesus' name that you go with us now. For your glory. On the wings of a snow white dove On the wings of a snow white You want to linger, saints? You can linger Those that need to go, you're free to go Find God Sometimes 